Welcome to Indie Dotes, the podcast that shares the stories of independent creators. I'm your host, Susan Bond. have Justin Weiss and Justin um, does development at AHA uh, which I cannot wait to hear the background of that name um, and he um, also uh, is the author of the book Practicing Rails. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks it's nice to be here. Uh, I want, we're, today we're going to be talking sort of about the career path sometimes the winding or the different career paths software developers have to take as they go on in their career to get fulfillment. Uh, it kind of came out of, I think our conversation came out of my article, um, uh, The Missing Career Path for Software Developers, and you related with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, and, and I thought, well, I, I, I should have Justin on the show. Let's talk about this. I had this idea that you and I could have a really good conversation about it, even though we've never met or interacted beyond a short email. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited to have you on, though. Um, so uh, tell us um, a little bit about, uh, I, I really want to know about AHA, the name. Do you mm-hmm. know how that came about and what does AHA do? Uh, no, I don't know how the name came about, uh, but the company is about uh, enabling product uh, product owners, um, product managers at other companies to better tie the work that's being done to an overall direction and strategy so that they're, um, the work has meaning and that you're solving actual customer problems. Oh, interesting. And, did, and, and you just started there, correct? Yeah, yeah, just started there. I'd love to talk about how did you get started in software? Yeah, it's something I've always been interested in. Um, there were, a, you know, I, I, growing up, you always kind of think, okay, what is my career path going to be? Um, and I had a couple options all that I was thinking of. Uh, one was acting, uh, one was a, being a lawyer, uh, and one was software development. Um, I, I think I picked the right one. <laughs> kind of. totally di- I was like, but, oh, those are really different. Uh, they are, but um, like they all kind of fit into that, uh, I guess, kind of like how my mind seems to work of, um, okay, let's try to figure this out. Let's try to figure out how to uh, best like solve this problem with the minimum amount of effort or, or like try to, you know, here's where I am, here's where I want to be, and how do I get from here to there? Um, and uh, that's, uh, so there's like some kind of similarity, but yeah, in, in terms of uh how you normally think about those professions it's definitely a lot different and so you've been doing software now 13 years yeah yeah professionally for about 13 years oh got it so you were doing it beforehand yeah uh, yeah um i always was interested in uh in computers and, and stuff uh, ended up having a lot of like books and tutorials and uh that kind of stuff growing up and so uh i got to play around with it a lot but uh, didn't actually get paid for it until about 13 years ago Mm, okay, got it. That's a path for a lot of folks. Not all. I think there are plenty mm-hmm. of folks, especially in the most re- in the most recent years, who are getting into it who who did not have that path, right? Who went directly into it more from a professional standpoint rather than playing around with computers or code when they were, you know, before they were working or whatever. Yeah, definitely. The even if I spent you know most of my teenage years messing around with computer stuff that some motivated person could probably accomplish that many years in like a couple months just because it was so <laughs> right. scattershot. I had other stuff going on. And so, yeah, 
I don't think it's def- I definitely don't think it's a necessary thing to uh, to get into the industry. Right. Yeah. For sure. There's lots of there's lots of paths in. I feel like that myth is. I don't know if it's it's not gone, but I I think that myth is diminishing. Right. That you have to have been curious and playing with computers as a kid or code to be a successful pro- software developer. Now I feel like that's diminishing that myth. Mm-hmm. Not gone, but diminishing. Yeah. So um, so okay so you got into software and did you when you got into software did you what was your thought about the career path did you have much thought about where you wanted to head with it or were you just thought i want to this is that path i want to head and we'll see where it goes um it's it's kind of been uh, up and down um there were times where i thought okay like this is definitely what i want to spend the majority of my day doing there are other times where it's like, I want to use software to enable me to do something else. Um, like my first internship was in uh, finance, but I was writing software to support finance. And um, and then uh, after a while, I just kind of decided, you know, I actually really like doing software for the sake of doing software. Um, mm. That's that's what I was interested in. And so when I was looking for jobs out of college, I looked specifically for companies where like they were... Uh, built around software rather than using software as a means to an end. Um, so, uh, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So out of college, I ended up at Microsoft for a few years. Um, that was, you know, if you think of software companies, that's definitely you know a company that's built off of software, not one that uses it as really a means to an end. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, was, I joined there out of college and spent about two, two and a half years there before deciding it wasn't for me and looking for something smaller. So uh, is that why you you moved on was because it was too big, like the size? Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of I've always been happiest as a generalist where like I see a problem and I try to solve it regardless of whether or not it's something that I'm, you know, uh, actually suited to do or whether it's um, something I've been uh, trained to do. And so being somewhere where you're really just focused on one specific area and becoming the master of that specific area is not really for me. Oh, got it. Did you know that pretty early on? Um, I, I don't know. A while. Yeah. It, it took a, a while for me to figure out that that's what it was. Um, at the time, it was just kind of like, you know, like, I'm just not really that happy doing what I'm doing. Um, and so it, it turned into, or eventually, you know, as I ran into more and more situations where that kind of thing happened, I started to re- see the pattern and, and be like, okay, well, yeah, this is something that I need to avoid in the future. Yeah, it takes time. I mean, I feel like we're supposed to know at 18 years old what we want to do. And then when we get out of school, we're like 22 or some of us, if we don't go to school, even younger. And we're supposed to know what we want to do and how to specialize in all of these things. And I mean, it takes time. We don't know. I don't I don't know. I didn't Mm -hmm. know what I was doing at that age. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know what I wanted. Um, so it takes time. So, uh, so you went to Microsoft and then sort of what happened next? Where did you go next? Mm-hmm. So uh, this was about uh, 2007. Uh, and at the time, I was really excited in it about a programming language called Ruby. Uh, and especially the web framework Rails that was out around the same time. And so I kind of was starting to get a feeling of what I was looking for or what I wanted to look for in another job. Um, and I had three kind of criteria that I was bouncing around in my head. I said, you know, I want to work in Ruby. Um, I want to work in a startup environment. And I want to work in downtown Seattle because the commute to the east side was just killing me. Hmm. I ended up... Um, finding through, uh, surprisingly, a recruiter, um, a company called Avo, uh, which I joined 
uh, right out of Microsoft that had all of those criteria and was um, was something that I felt like I could really get excited about. Got it. So you went from you went from Microsoft, <clears throat> you went from Microsoft to a startup, mm-hmm. and that was what you wanted. And how was that shift for you? Um, so I mean, it was it was everything that I was looking for. Uh, Ava was about thirteen people, I think, at the time. Um, everybody really had to step up. Uh, everything from like devs doing operations work to uh, devs making coffee because you know it's it, it's a small company. <laughs> like everybody has to kind of like pitch in. Um, I I love that devs yeah. making coffee, devs doing operations work. Love it. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's great. Yeah, it was so was it mostly a developer centric team? Um, it was in the sense that I think developers were about half of the team at that point. Okay. Um, yeah. Again, it's it was a technology company, and so uh, you really needed to have the uh, you, you really needed to have that strong developer support to get it off the ground. Uh, eventually, you kind of want to shift to something that's a little bit more like uh, customer and product centric. But at least at the beginning, it was very very uh, tech centric. At least that was my impression. And and what and what does Avo do? Uh, so Avo is uh, trying to help connect people with the legal help that they need. Um, so there's a like a lawyer directory that works kind of like a Yelp sort of thing, where um, you can look up look up information about lawyers, uh, see customer reviews, all of that kind of stuff, or client reviews. Um, there's a Q and A forum where you can ask legal questions, and lawyers will answer them for you for free. And there's also a legal services uh, platform where you can uh, buy fixed fee legal services like, hey, I need a document reviewed. I, I want a lawyer to help me review my document. And it creates kind of a marketplace for those types of transactions. Sounds like yeah. an interesting solution to something, right? Because lawyers can be really expensive. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, I mean, it seems like you don't you need, need help with a legal situation. You don't actually need a lawyer. Um, and so... Uh, there's like a, a little bit of a different uh, type of customer that you see in different sections of uh, of the site. Well, and I see that you combined you combined law and software development in that role. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, kind of funny how that turned out. Was that intentional? No, not that, at all. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. No. no, I wasn't expecting that to uh, you know it to turn out that way, but it worked out well. I mean, if you were doing you know community theater on the side then you would have it all at once exactly right the acting the lawyer and the software developer yep uh so okay so when you got in into to avo were you thinking about how to progress in your career like what were your thoughts as you started maybe in the first couple of years what were your thoughts about progressing along your career path um, so when I was at Microsoft, I thought a lot about progressing my career path because, um, you know, like I, I just, I wanted to kind of branch out a little bit and, and do more than just the day-to-day work that I was doing. Uh, when I joined Avo, it was a little bit different because it was so, um, like everybody just kind of needed to do so many different jobs. Right. That, like get the coffee. Exactly. That, uh, like career progression at least wasn't on my mind uh, a whole lot. And I don't know if it was on anybody else's mind because, the progression is making the company like into what we all kind of believed it could be. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Was that consistent throughout your time at Avo or did that change over time? Um, it started to change over time. And I think it just is kind of natural as a company grows. Um, you, you specialize a little bit more, you, um, 
like you start trying to think of okay where we need to uh, have people that are focused on specific areas just to make sure that we concentrate enough on the areas that we're going in and make sure that 100 people aren't all running off in completely different directions and uh and so uh it did it did change a little bit where uh career progression was something that uh that people needed that they were looking for and uh that you know we prioritized at what point do you think it what at what phase was the company when that started to change you know what I mean? Was it like a size or a growth or revenue or whatever? Uh, it's hard to pinpoint, really. Um, I mean, we, we had some people that were kind of growing in their career while they were there, even from the early days. Um, like one of my coworkers ended up uh, becoming the manager of the team. He was exactly the right person to uh, to do that. Um, but it, uh, you know, like I think you eventually end up with too many people to have um, all be running off completely independently. And then you need to have somebody who's uh, either just kind of implicitly because they do the work or explicitly because you make them a manager or a lead um, who's in charge of making sure that this group of people always has enough to do or are uh, growing in their careers and um, are helping take the business to where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so you, how long were you at Avo? Uh, so I was there for 10 years. Yeah, I knew you were there yeah. for quite a while. I couldn't remember exactly how much. That's a long time. And so in that time, you've had, you had your, your, your role inevitably changed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, everybody says, so people in the, or the average tenure of a software developer in the industry today is like two or three years. Right. <laughs> uh, and one of the, one of the reasons that, uh, that I was there for so long is because every couple of years, my, uh, like how I thought about the job or my actual role ended up changing to a point where it was almost like starting a new job. Oh, that, that, and that makes a lot of sense. I think when I see folks who have been at a software developers who've been at a job for a long time, I either think a they really love stability and they're the kind of people who kind of sometimes let inertia take them, and that's okay, right? Like they're focused mm-hmm. on another aspect of their life. Like maybe they're a painter and they're part time, or they're really focused on their family. And then the other folks, I think. It's because their job, it's exactly what you've just said. Their job changes every couple of years so that it feels, or their role changes so that it feels like it's a different job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so those changes, did you initiate them or was that initiated by somebody else or how did that happen? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, at least in most of my career, I haven't really thought of myself as somebody who is like actively trying to, uh, you know, trying to move on to that next uh, like ladder level or, or whatever. Uh, with me, it was a lot of luck in that, um, you know, these opportunities would show up and I was just, you know, I thought it would sound interesting. So I'd take him. Um, in other aspects, it was, you know, oh, well, this job needs doing. And so I'll, I'll go and do it because that's kind of how I like to operate. Ah, so it wasn't, you didn't have like a career path planned out, you know. You no, I'm bad like, at that. <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah. I'm like a strategist. I was like, wow, that is so different than me. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. have like the five to 10 year plans, but I'm always heading somewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a recovering type A, um, <laughs> tr- driven and always thinking about what's next for me and what's next for my career. It's probably why I end up doing career coaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely makes sense but I, I love that idea that you know you, you allowed um you know it wasn't that you stayed in inertia but you kind of were open to other opportunities that might have appeared or things that needed to get done mm-hmm. uh you know and what do you think was a result of like 
jumping in when things needed to get done. What do you think you learned or how did your career grow by doing that? Or what was the effect, I should say, even what was the effect of your career on that? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think that it really helped me improve my uh, breadth of things that I could at least, you know, think about or, or do. Um, so things like, you know, dipping my toes into a little bit of like product or product or project management or, um, you know, from some of the stuff that I was doing on the side, like, uh, learning about marketing and, um, and advertising and sales and that kind of thing. And so, um, for somebody like me who just is completely addicted to learning new things, like this was such a great, op or these were such great opportunities, uh, to branch out in those ways. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like addicted to learning new things is such a big theme I see in so many software developers. Mm -hmm. Maybe not all, but it's a really big thing. I feel like it's part of the field. You can There's always something, a new kind of method or tool or language or something that you can learn. Yeah, software. yeah, definitely. It just feels endless. I don't know. I mean, I'm not an official software developer, right? I'm a <laughs> baby developer. I do tiny little projects. But it just feels like it's endless, the amount of learning that you can do. Yeah, and I think uh, it's... If there's, um, you know, one skill that I know that uh, has... Most of the people that have it have found really big success in the industry. It's that, like, willingness to try new things, willingness to learn new things. And, uh, you know, seeing change as yeah it's randomizing but it's also a chance to uh to kind of like exercise that part of your brain okay i have to ask i want to hear more about what do you mean by change is randomizing oh i mean that um you know it's there's uh all of the jokes now about the javascript community and how how much they uh, reinvent the wheel or cycle through all of these different uh solutions for solving the exact same problem and uh, by that, I mean, if you're constantly learning new things, but they're not actually taking you in a uh, like in a positive direction or you're just kind of rehashing the same thing over and over again, um, that can uh, kind of prevent you from going in the direction that you want to take. Oh, fascinating. I, I've not really heard this before, but I, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so uh, what I what I kind of mean or what I what I see is um, that sometimes you just have to make that bet that, okay, this thing is going to, or this thing that I'm learning is something that's worth spending the time in uh, rather than chasing all of the new stuff. And so it's, I don't think it's possible to really know in advance, hey, this is something that I should spend the time to learn in depth, or I should start focusing on breadth and learn lots and lots and lots of things. Um, but eventually I, I feel like you kind of get that sense probably by making those mistakes over and over and over again. Mm, yeah, mistakes are such great learn teachers if we allow them to be. Oh, yeah. I'm somebody who has to, I learn by doing. Mm -hmm. I'm not someone, you know, you like, they, I think it's like a kinesthetic style. So that, that I, I absolutely learn by doing. I, I try something and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. Or, oh, yeah, I definitely want to keep doing that or tweak it like this. Mm -hmm. So uh, it sounds like you're kind of similar, like learning by, through doing. Oh yeah, yeah. Like every, uh, it's you eventually go in the right direction just by virtue of making every other mistake <laughs> that that oh. could possibly happen. Oh and like, gosh, oh, when yeah. there's one thing left, uh, that's that must be the right way to go. <laughs> right. I so uh, yeah. I I relate with that. Yep. I so relate with that. So um, did when so you're moving along at, at Avo and you're taking on different projects and you're trying new things. Did you know? Was there? Uh, you know, a lot of times there's like this, this career path, right? Like 
you know, developer, senior software developer, manager, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's these paths. Um, and did you follow along any one of those paths as you were, you know, progressing or? Um, yeah, so for the most part, I, I kind of followed the typical um, developer, senior developer, um, manager, uh, director path. And some of that was also laying the track as I was following it, um, because we're still a small company. You know, there's not a whole lot of that um, stuff defined up front. Oh, so you had to not only you were doing it, but you were also creating it at the same time. Right. Like there's um, the manager one. Everybody kind of knows that that's coming at some point. Um, and we had it even before I stepped into that role. Um, but what it wouldn't you talk about, OK, like this is a this is what a career path looks like. Um, eventually the team, if the, if that's something that you want to kind of support and showing people that growth through either, uh, compensation or through title changes or through responsibility changes, um, those are things that, uh, have to be defined at some point. Um, and so I kind of stepped in at a lot of the point where that, a lot of that stuff needed to be defined just because we were growing the team so quickly. Um, so that's what I meant kind of by laying the track as, as uh, we were following it. Right. Yeah. Y you know, I did the same thing. <clears throat> when I was at a uh, an interactive agency kind of startup thing way back in the day, and I was basically creating the path for I was has I became ended up becoming the head of project management for the entire company. You know, I started as like just a project manager, and then I became senior project manager, and then I started mentoring people, and then we didn't have any structure. We didn't really have any structures for any of this, so I started doing it for the first time, and then creating. I built the department around it. Right. Which yeah. Was, yeah. Which was really interesting. I'm actually really glad I did it. It was such a great learning experience. It was just because I, he would say, "Oh, there's a problem with this project," then I would jump in. Yeah. I'm like, mm -hmm. "Okay, I'll t I'll take it. Give it to me." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. And then I started creating structures because I wanted structures, and then people started passing around, and that's actually how I became a manager for the first time. I mean, honestly, it was by accident. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, kind of similar to me too. Um, my manager was uh, leaving to found a startup and uh, me and one of the other senior developers on the team were the people that he kind of like said, hey, these are the people that should be uh, taking on my old role. And so did both of you take it on or did just you? Uh, no, we both did. Um, we had the team kind of split based off of some. Uh, there were there was a group that were kind of working on a um, on a project all their own, and so he took on that team, and then I took on the um, the kind of rest of the team. Um, and then as we uh, like as we started hiring more, we just kind of evenly distributed them between the two of us. Uh, that makes sense. I was going to say I don't know how you share management. Like when someone, I don't know if you've ever had mm -hmm. two bosses, but it's horrible. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had that happen. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, and when you became when when he put you up for manager at the time, had you been, you know, what were you doing as a senior software developer? Were you really focused on the code, or were you also sort of mentoring and teaching, you know, other developers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we. Uh, so I had been uh, mentoring some of our new hires, uh, at least for the last two batches of hires that we had had at the time. Mm. Um, and also I had been focused a lot on more on the, uh, like, uh, things like architectural improvements and like lifting our technical, uh, foundation and, and that kind of stuff. Um, by which I mean, like focusing on the things that are going to make productivity easier rather than the stuff that's going to take us directly from point A to point B in right. terms of product. Uh, and so that's kind of the path that 
I see a lot when you have a developer that's going down that uh, at least like lead dev track, um, if not management track. Got it. So you were already doing some mentoring. And then when, when he put you up for, uh, when your manager put you up for a manager position, how did you feel about it? Were, were you looking to manage people on a day-to-day basis or, you know, what did you think? Um, so for this, it was, you know, I, I said before that I'm addicted to learning new things. And so I kind of uh, took it as an opportunity to start from zero in a uh, in a new way, like, you know, learn a new job completely from scratch, learn something brand new that I'd be doing every single day completely by scratch, which had, it had been a long, long time since I had the chance to do something like that. Yeah, well, and it's a really good point because management is a, it's almost like a career restart, right? Or yeah. for, for most people, not for all. I do think there are some people who just, it's in their blood and and they're doing it in small ways. But generally, it's quite a different shift to become a manager. It, it, it is like a, re, a, re, a career restart is sort of one way I think about it or a yeah. new role. Yeah, especially uh, if it's defined like uh, as you like, or if success is defined on how you end up um, bringing the team to a higher level of uh, execution productivity, then it has to be because you can't you can't bring a team to like higher uh, you know higher productivity, uh, higher engagement, all that kind of stuff, while also writing code ninety five percent of your day. Well, right, uh, and it, and it's not all dependent on you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Right. Like, but, 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 like, raising people's level, their potential, getting all their potential out of them, all that isn't. I mean, you can encourage it, but it's not something you can do on your own. Exactly. Yeah, and potential is a much better way of putting that. Um, but yeah, the the um, it's you can't really uh, like help somebody get to that level of potential when you're focused just on like your text editor, I guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real shift and so how did you find how did you find that that shift um i mean it was uh it was definitely a different experience i tried to do, attack it the same way that i do most things that i learned that are new which is uh just kind of immerse myself in everything that i can find on it uh, until i start building that intuition about um what you know uh, how to how to deal with certain situations or or like what things i should be focused on or what i should spend my time doing um and that worked to an extent. I mean, I, I think there's some level to which you can't get, uh, you can't um, improve without making the same mistakes that everybody has made before you because you think you're going to avoid them and then you run headlong into them because <laughs> right. get overconfident and that kind of thing. Um, so I, I think the, the learning helped a lot, but uh, like the focus learning helped a lot. But really the thing that helped out the most was by um, like making mistakes learning from them and uh and then try to do better next time yeah which is hard too right when you're dealing with people i think that yeah i don't know about you but i remember learning to be a manager and it was probably the most fraught time because i would go to bed upset if i messed up because i was dealing with someone's life yeah <laughs> you know exactly I mean? potentially right i mean you know not like they're gonna die but mm-hmm. but but their career which to me feels big because my I'm just I've always my dad is very career focused he worked a lot so I've always thought about career and that was an important part of life and I would go to bed really worried sometimes if I mess something up but Mm -hmm. you're right you have to learn that way yeah and it's it's painful because you you have to have these strong relationships with people and that makes the mistakes so much worse when you uh you know when you do make them Um, (laughs) you know like 
he does. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. this is these are people's lives you're you're dealing with here, at least their professional lives, which is you know a big chunk of their regular life. And uh, like if you're, it's a lot of responsibility, and nobody's going to be good at it at first. I don't think. Right. It is a lot of responsibility, and you're going to fail at it, and you know, and all that stuff makes it pretty fraught. I'm curious, you said like you learned on, on the job, but did you also, um, you said, I think you also said you immersed yourself. Did you read about the subject? Is that what you meant by immerse yourself or learn about yeah. it? Okay, um, so what did you read or what did you do? Oh, so, uh, so many, yeah, so many books, uh, lots of blogs I, I really liked. Um, so there's uh, Michael Lopp, who goes by Ransom Repose. Uh, uh, he love writes his her, stuff. Yeah. So yeah. That, was that one that you read? Yeah, that was one I read. He also came out with a book called Managing Humans that I felt like was a great intro to uh, that, you know, to the way of thinking that you kind of have to have. Um, I also really liked uh, Turn the Ship Around. Um, I forget who that's by, but it's uh, it's kind of uh, about the idea of the uh, servant leadership and letting like that you're team is really going to know the right way to go in most circumstances and really um like you're not supposed to be the dictator you're supposed to be the person to support and make sure that they're guided down the uh down the right path oh that's good uh, yeah I, and i'll have all those books we'll put all mm -hmm. those books in the show notes yeah uh, um the other uh high output management is uh it's an older book but it's still really really good for a lot of the things you see most tech companies do these days when it comes to like reviews and one-on-ones and uh what the role of a manager is and all that kind of stuff it was very good um and then the hard thing about hard things is the uh only management book that i've ever read that actually like talks about all of the like uh, emotional frustrations that go into it. The uh, the fact that there a lot of times is no right decision to a lot of these things, and it's just which of the pains you're willing to take and that kind of thing. It was very very good. It's a really good point because when you're managing people, that it, it's true. Many times when you're working with people, it, there I don't know that they're like people are complex. Is there one right decision? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Almost never. <laughs> I know. People always ask me, okay, so they'll, they'll ask for advice about something, and they're like, I want to know the one thing I should do. And I'm like, well, it depends. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> what do you want? What's important to you? Where are you heading? Like, there's like about a million questions. And then, you know, it always, in the end, I always say, and I might, this, I might, all of this advice might be completely wrong for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so those are great, great resources that you've mentioned. And um, we'll make sure to put them all on the, on the, uh, I'll, put, I'll make sure to put them all in the show notes for folks. So um, after becoming a manager, you moved on to director, right? Like mm -hmm. how long were you a manager and what was the path to director? You know, give us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Uh, so it came from, uh, we had a, a couple years where we grew the dev team by about 3x. So we had three times as many people as we did um, beforehand. It was still just me and, uh, and the other uh, manager managing all of those people directly. How many and, people were you each managing? Uh, I think we were up to about uh, 12, each? 12 to 14 each. Yeah, yeah okay. which is too many. It's, yeah, um, that's what I managed. It was pretty, my, my limit was 12. It was pretty hefty. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so what we ended up, uh, what we ended up doing is we, uh, some of these people were already kind of deputized tech leads where on their individual teams, they were the ones that people went to for uh, technical help for architectural decisions for um, you know a lot of the things that a uh, you know a senior person with uh, good leadership skills is going to naturally do. 
Um, and then around like over the course of maybe six months or so, um, we started giving these people actual direct management responsibility uh, first as kind of a test and then um, letting it go after that. Um, so they started they started off doing like one on ones and uh, and mentorship and that kind of thing. And then eventually said, uh, you know, hey, like, is this something you want to step into? Um, and so from there, we ended up uh, we ended up with the level of okay, we had uh, this, this this guy was uh, David and I, and then we had a layer of tech leads underneath, and then um, the individual contributors under that. The tech leads were still coding a good portion of the time, but um, they were also managing anywhere between like two to four people. Mm, got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then eventually my, uh, my co-managers stepped over to being a product manager, uh, because that was something he was really passionate about. Um, and I inherited the, the rest of the team. Ah, okay. And so is that when you became a director? Uh, that was when it was official. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, according to my manager, we'd kind of been doing that at, uh, before then, but that's when we really made it official. So now how many people were you managing? Uh, so I was managing, I went right back to uh, 12 directly and uh, spent a good portion of the next like nine months or so trying to get that down to uh, like a five to uh, five to nine ish, which is a much more comfortable number. And, and did you, how did you do that by adding more tech leads or um, something else? So there were some people that were, uh, that were tech leads that were doing management, but that wasn't really the path that they wanted to go in long-term or they kind of discovered that wasn't the path that they wanted to go in long-term. Um, and so part of that was reorganizing the teams to support them, uh, becoming individual, like senior individual contributors, um, and uh, yeah, so we didn't, we, I was trying to avoid adding yet another layer of management because that's just going to kind of, uh, it's going to harm a lot of the communication that we needed to have. Yeah. Uh, and the way that it worked out, there were, uh, there were enough people that wanted to focus more on the tech side of things that um, the, uh, we were able to make that transition. It just took a while. Mm, okay. Got it. And so I want to kind of go from there to talk about, so during the time, I'm not sure, when did you start working on some of your side stuff? Like, uh, you know, the book mm -hmm. and other kinds of things. Where were you at in your career? Yeah, so I was, uh, I was managing um, my uh, half of the team um, at the time. Mm, okay. And it was probably about a year and a half, two years into that. Why, what made you start doing the uh like the stuff on the side like the articles and the practical rails book what, like what mm -hmm. was the impetus for that um so a lot of it was wanting to get a little bit more hands-on with some things and wanting to do something different than what i had been doing for at that point uh the last what six or seven years right because were you doing any code when you were a manager uh, not much. It was uh, mostly, uh, I guess people always say managers work on uh, dashboards, analytics, and uh, set up like onboarding tools. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely true. <laughs> okay, got it. Yep. So you weren't working on code. Um, and you what, and was this a way to sort of dip back into your own things or to expand your career? Or? Yeah, it was, it was that. And it was also a chance to um, exercise some of the things that I liked doing about management, uh, especially around the like the mentorship, the training, that kind of thing. Mm, okay, got it. Yeah. Oh, and then there was also the the uh, hiring thing where um, we're trying to we were trying to grow the team really really quickly and uh, having people who were who are seen as technical experts on the team helps out a lot with that. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. And so uh, you you've recently taken a new job, as we said, mm-hmm. and talk about what made you want to take this new role, and 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 you know your, how that relates to what's going on in your career and what you want next. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like uh, you know, just like I mentioned with the side project, um, I I found out that I was like I wanted to do more of the things that made me happy and fewer of the things that it, that made me not happy. Smart. And uh, smart. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and one of the things that still still just continues to make me happy is uh, diving deep into a technical problem um, and using code to solve it. Uh, and that's just it. I don't I don't know what it is, but it just uh, there, it tickles a part of my brain that um, makes me really excited, really happy. Uh, there's also something that I learned doing uh, working on the uh, the blog and the book, which is that I absolutely love um, getting to work directly with the people whose lives I'm affecting with the work that I'm doing. Um, you know, the amount of feedback I would get through email, um, the the reports that I'd read on like Twitter and that kind of thing, like that that stuff made me just really happy too. Um, and so one of the things that kind of attracted me to AHA in the first place is that that is, um, at least as far as, I, as I've seen, I just started, uh, but the, uh, that seems to be something that runs deep within the company is this idea that you, uh, you build a successful company by being responsive to the needs of your, uh, of your customers um, by interacting with them constantly and by listening to what it is that they're telling you and then uh, building things that end up taking all that into account. And so, in your new role, are you more focused on you're more focused on the technology? Are you managing at all? Uh, no, no, I'm just focused on coding. And what about are you going to be doing any sort of mentoring or teaching in that role? Um, possibly at some point. Uh, right now, uh, it's as you know, as far as I can tell, everybody is is fairly senior, um, and so I don't know that there are a whole lot of opportunities for that. Oh, but where there, uh, where there are opportunities is um, with the customers, um, being able to help support them in what it is that they're doing. Well, so, I mean, that's a, that's a big shift back, right? Like, so you've now, you know, this isn't like learning a new job, but it is, it's, it is, I wouldn't say it's a pivot, but it's definitely a shift, right? To go mm-hmm. from being responsible for, you know, a whole basically department is my sense mm-hmm. and all of these folks and, and all of that to, to working more on the code, how, you know, how did you, was there a dissonance for you that you wanted to make that shift? Like, how did you know that it was time to make that shift? Like what happened and how is, you know, mm-hmm. the thinking I mean, about it, cause you're still new in the job, but right. You know, what yeah, I'm getting yeah. Um, so part of it was just like, I, I ended up needing to, uh, like to press pause for a minute earlier this year and say, you know what, like I am, uh, I'm not as happy as I always, as I usually am. Like I'm not as excited about, uh, what it is that I'm doing that I usually am. And so why is that? Like, what is it that I can, um, like, what is it that I can do to kind of get that back? Um, and part of it was, uh, like I said, the, um, like thinking about what what is it that I when I'm doing it I'm happy and what is it that when I'm doing it I'm not and can I refocus where I spend the majority of my time to do the things that actually that I'm that make me happy and excited and get me engaged and um, just get me like thinking about okay I can't wait to get started on that again and a lot of that was uh, just the software development and the uh, making computers do things that you never expected that they could do and and that kind of thing. 
And so um, that's kind of where I felt like the the shift was something that I was looking for um, back into software, like just raw software development. Um, especially if I could tie that with in with some of the other things that uh, could make me or that make me excited about what it is that I do every day. Yeah. So I have two questions. One, uh, I want to know how did you press pause? What did that look like? Did you take time away from your job or was it just like at night or on your off hours spending time reflecting about your life and your work and what interested you? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually took a, a big chunk of vacation um, this summer um, and through that got to spend more time with uh, with my family and really start to think about, okay, like what is it that, uh, that I want to do from now on? Okay, got it. So, so you you literally took a pause by taking some vacation time, and that allowed you to get away. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's hard to make to make a shift like that in the everyday life and the everyday work. Mm-hmm. It, it can be very challenging to do that, um, and to re- to like really be objective and pull yourself back. So yeah, yeah, um, and and just like uh, you know, I I kind of I, I totally expected to come back from that. Um, kind of re-engaged and with a plan to uh, to turn what I was doing at Avo into like what it was that I wanted to, wanted to do. Um, but uh, just like before, I, I had kind of in my mind what I wanted or what a job after Avo might look like. Um, and then I was really lucky that um, something like that just showed up and uh, I, I was really attracted to a lot of what they were talking about at, at AHA and so decided to make the move. Well, that's where, that was my next question, which is like, how was it to get back into a job more on the technical side? Did How did that opportunity appear to you, the aha opportunity? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean by like, how did it? How did you find it? Did, did oh. they come to you? Did you go, you know what I mean? How, yeah. What was the, I want to know the process of how you got that job. <laughs> yeah. So um, part of it was uh, that I, uh, the CTO of AHA had seen some of my open source work. Um, and I think that's what made the initial connection. Um, I'm sure that some of the writing and and uh, stuff didn't hurt either. Um, and the way that they uh, or the way that he positioned the job was exactly what it was that I was looking for. So that's kind of what sparked that initial like, okay, like let's see what this is all about interest. Wow. so so you didn't really have to because I was curious about like how was it? was there was it hard? But it wasn't hard. You someone reached out to you and you found the the right position. Uh, pretty it sounds pretty seamlessly i am a very lucky person yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i wasn't gonna say that no i mean i i i I do think i'm being facetious Mm -hmm. luck is part of it and i do think there's also when we are clear about what we want somehow things start to align Mm -hmm. um in ways that we don't understand so it sounds like your side like the stuff that you were doing on the side actually was really helpful in helping to transition your career back to what you you wanted because it's easy for us mm-hmm. to think like we put people in buckets right like you're a manager you're a tech lead you're right we put people right. in these tracks and sometimes they don't always fit yeah yeah exactly or there can be multiple tracks and forks off of those paths mm-hmm. so you've changed and uh you just started so we we don't have we can't ask any more stories about that but i but hopefully we'll maybe we'll get an update from you in the future about how you feel about uh your your transition yeah yeah. back into the diving back into the code yep definitely yeah uh 
Justin, it was really interesting to hear your career path and how you've moved along. And I'm particularly interested in, you know, the change you've just made. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate uh, hearing your story. Yeah, thank you. This has been a lot of fun.